And welcome everybody to the very first episode of Around the Mitten. I'm your host, Dan Big Dog Allroyd, and with me today, my first guest on episode one of this new podcast, this new show that you're going to be hearing on our rebranded network, which is <laughs> Unrestricted Paranormal. Now, it's spelled a little different because it's unrest, R-X-T-D, paranormal.com. And um, you'll find this uh, program over there uh, as well as many others. But Around the Mitten is something that I've had a passion for doing. I know I, I originally thought of, you know, sticking with Truth of the Matter, which is kind of the same idea. But I thought, you know, I want to keep this local. So Around the Mitten means in Michigan. And that could be the Mitten itself. I may do some UP stuff because it's not technically a Mitten. It, well, it looks like a mitten. If anybody can see me on camera, it looks like a mitten. It's, it's the mitten that got stuck in the dryer when it was still wet too long and was, you know, mangled and stretched out. So um, we've got a great guest with us, uh, Dan Monroe. Uh, I've known him for quite a while now. And, uh, you know, this gentleman is an artist, okay? And uh, we don't use that, that word or that term lightly between the two of us. Uh, he is an artist. He's an illustrator, an author. Um, geez, a TV personality. I could go down a list of things that you are. Um, but we got to keep it a family friendly show. Now, I was I just going to say, if you go, if you go far <laughs> enough down that list, you know, you can get into territory you don't really want to get into. I don't you think don't. so. Yeah, you don't, you don't, that, that could be, <laughs> it'd be awful. But, uh, Dan, uh, is here to tell us, uh, not just a little, a lot about himself and, we're going to cover a couple specific areas. Uh, you know, I, I am honored to have him on the first uh, episode because he's he's got several different things that he he does, and you know, I want to afford you the opportunity, Dan, to uh, be able to talk about those and you know your passions, which are obviously entwined in those. But uh, welcome to the show. You know what? Thank you very much there, uh, Big Dog. It's uh, really a honor for me to be here as well. And uh, as you mentioned, we've known each other a few years here. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's just always good to be able to sit down and talk with you there, uh, brother. <laughs> always, always. And, and I definitely wanted to get your message out. As I've described the show, folks, you know, if you, uh, you know, go over to the page and read what's on the description, you know, it's, it's part of my adventures, you know, meeting Dan, meeting you were, was, was part of my adventure. That's how we, we met. And I realized throughout all these adventures, and you've shared a lot of your adventures uh, with me one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, privately, and you know, might even talk about a few of them here. Um, we have met a very interesting, eclectic group of individuals, uh, been to very interesting, eclectic places in Michigan. <laughs> um, we've seen, we've been around and seen some things and done some things. And, uh, you know, you, like I said, have uh, just a, a inspiring and terrific story. Um, you know, the, the artist side of you is the first one that I wanted to go after. You know, we've talked many hours before, but we've got new people here, you know, listening audience, uh, you know, on unrestricted radio, uh, as well as unrestricted paranormal and several other outlets that this goes out on. Um, you know, when did you start drawing? I mean, I know you've told me as a child, but this is your moment. You, you tell everybody how this all began with you as far as drawing and becoming an artist. 
Well, you know what? Back in the summer of 1964, I came into this world, and I was born in a convent, and the nurses, the, 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 the nuns, when they saw me, they were mighty afraid because it was a stormy, stormy night because I was born with a pencil in one hand and a paintbrush in the other, and my mother was screaming like hell. Yeah, and a sword and a sash <laughs> around his waist. <laughs> he forgot to put that in there, but yes, that sounds accurate. That sounds very accurate. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, you like that? I yeah. like that. I think that's a, a new poster for you. Yeah, I think so, too. I think I need to go ahead and make that one. That, you know, I really was born in 1964. I was born in the summer. Uh, I'm a July summer child, and I was born in a convent. Um, so, you know, those things are all true. I, I, uh, the nuns did grab me when I was born. I was a ward of the state because my mother was like 14 or 15 years old when I was born. So, um, I was taken by the state and put up for adoption immediately. So I did not meet my biological mother till I was like 30 years old. <laughs> wow. So that's, that's not part of the story that you wanted to know at all, but there it is anyway. No, no, it's part of the story. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's gotta be some, there's gotta be some good sometimes with the bad, you know, for a balance. Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, people usually ask me the kind of the same question about when I started drawing. And, uh, my answer usually takes people back because I usually say, well, you know, I started drawing about the same time you did, you know, and, uh, People don't understand that answer right off the right off the cuff. So I explain. Uh, the reason that I say that is that as children, we're all artists as children. We all begin drawing at the same time. As soon as we have enough strength to pick up a pencil or a crayon or an ink pen or whatever we you know can get our grubby little hands on, and uh, we pick it up and we start marking mark making with it you know and uh that's how we learn we we start making marks we're not really drawing anything yet we may be a year or two years old whatever but we're making marks on paper or hopefully it's not on, on the walls or anything like that but uh you know <laughs> and, and we're making marks and uh, that's how we start to learn how to control our pencil uh crayon and how to uh, make our mind work uh to control it and, uh, you know, the thing is, is that some of us, um, like myself, uh, just fall in love with it to such a point that we just never stop. And uh, we just keep doing it and doing it and doing it until we um, start to develop skills and talents and everything else with it. And, uh, and we go from there. When, while a lot of other people... Uh, stop drawing, or they come back and they draw once in a while or whatever, because it's, you know, um, not their passion or anything. It's just, you know, something they like to do, and that's fine. Um, but a lot of people go on and do other things, and uh, and we continue drawing. So that's that's pretty much what it is. I mean, I... That's a, that's a great description, because I, you, you... I mean, just that in itself, you outlined so much that's important to... Um, Pro, I, what's the word I want to use? I guess productivity and, you know, growing as a child, you know, and as you said, you know, that's a way for the creative mind to really take off. Or if some people aren't 
you know, uh, I guess gifted in a creative certain kind of way, uh, they go in a different direction. But uh, you're right, as far as motor skills and other things that happen, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Right. You know, and the thing is, is what we know is that uh, drawing and artwork absolutely does help a child to develop those motor skills, those fine motor skills. Um, it helps a child to develop, uh, you know, critical thinking, right. uh, creative thinking, uh, thinking out of the box, uh, problem solving. Um, it, yep. it, it absolutely uh, helps children to, uh, you know, hone all of those skills. Uh, and that's why, that's why a lot of times, even in the business world, you'll see um, the people who seem to be, I don't know, they seem to be more on it. You know what I mean? They, they yeah. seem to be more productive or they're, and, and you can usually tell that they're, they're usually creative people. They may not be artists per se, but they are at least creative. Yep. And, uh, you know, they may have, they may have um, honed some artistic skills for a bit longer than everybody else, you know, uh, maybe not as long as, as others that have become artists or whatever. But, uh, um, you know, I, I have to think that those people are usually pretty creative because if you're thinking out of the box, you're, you're a creative person. <laughs> if, if you I can agree. see a vision that other people cannot see, you're a creative person. I agree. I agree. Now, the whole when you were born um, and you know raised was that all the time here in Michigan? Yes, we were. I, I grew up in Kalamazoo uh, mostly, and then uh, my dad had a church in in Kalamazoo. He was a he was a preacher, and uh, so he had a church on the well, not really the north side, but it was up by uh, um, Nazareth Hill and all that so mm -hmm. and it was called the north side assembly of god it's still up there and uh I've, I've driven past it a few times even in the past few years just to you know see the old church and see the old homestead where uh, things happen but uh, it, it, but then we moved away from there and uh we moved to hamilton michigan for a few years okay yeah, yep, and I, I, I think we moved there when I was in fourth grade, and uh, we moved away from there when I was in about ninth grade, I believe. So, yeah, but you know, my dad was a was a preacher, and and he was an evangelist. So we traveled all the time, all the time. So, uh, you know, when I was a kid uh, during those years. Um, you know, my mom wanted to just homeschool me, but the, the school system wouldn't allow that. So we had to, I had to go to school in every town that we went to, even if it was only for a week. So once a week, we'd go to another town and I'd have to go and, and enroll in another new school and be the new kid in the, in the school all over again. Right. You know, and, and stand up in front of the class and tell everybody my name and, you know, and tried to explain why in about five days after this week was over with, they're never going to see me ever again. <laughs> you know? So that's, that's how wow. I grew up. Yeah. Wow. That's how I grew up. It was real. real and, and, hard. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm aware of, you know, the personal story, uh, which again, you know, we don't have to delve into that, you know, that negative aspect. Um, 
I guess moving a little bit ahead on that, not to not give you the opportunity to share, I, you know, you know, it's not about that. Um, but to move ahead a little bit on that, you know, going through what you went through, um, on and off over the years and where you were as a young man, do you think that a lot of that, um, kind of drove you to do the art work that you were, you were doing and, and is there a reflection of some of those times and, uh, some of your, your life, you know, growing up, is that in some of the, the artwork that you started doing at the time when you really started to progress and, and to sell art and to, to do what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I have to tell you that artwork was always there and it was always my friend and, right. uh, you know, it was always my escape and, uh, yeah, you, you know, I, you know, my, yeah, you know, a lot of my personal, uh, story and, uh, uh, you know, artwork was just my escape. I mean, I could go in there and, and, you know, as artists, what we do anyway is we're constantly trying to control the world around us. And we do it through our artwork. You know, wow. we do it through yeah. the artwork. Absolutely. And even as a child, that's that's what I did. I would try to control my narrative, my world, in my artwork. Uh, that's why I, I could draw myself as the hero all the time or, I, you know, or, or, or I could uh, draw the monsters and keep them at bay and, right. and, and everything like that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's what it was all about. It was about controlling the, uh, the you know, the situation uh, all the time. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so absolutely. Uh, when I grew up and, and left home and, and everything, uh, of course, you know, I, I joined the army when I was 16, I, I had to get away from home and, uh, uh, that was my escape. But yeah, a lot of my uh, angst and, and anger, I was an extremely angry young man. <laughs> Understandable, yeah. Understandable. Yeah. A lot of us who have been through, you know, those negative childhoods, you know, can say that, uh, you know, one way or another. And as you, as you said, you know, Dan, that it, it'll come out, you know, uh, as an escape, you know, in some form or another uh, with individuals, especially, you know, artists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, um, there you are in the army. <laughs> there so, I was in the army. There you was you know in what, the army. The, the um, army, though, man, the army was some of the best years of my life. I got to tell you, I had a great time when I was in. I mean, it was absolutely great. I remember, I remember one time, oh, the sergeant was barking orders at me and stuff, and I was kind of, I don't know, you know, I was, I was a sixteen-year-old kid. You know, I mean, right? I had no fear in me or anything. I mean, you know, and that's why I even told the sergeant, you know, he was. He looked at me, he's like, hey, Private Monroe, you know, are you, are you, is this funny for you or whatever? And I'm like, wow, you know, Sarge, I said, I, I, I lived with my mom for 16 years. So you're, you're really nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of us can say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that didn't really go over too well with him. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feared folks, I feared my mother more than I did the police. So what's that telling you? And I had a great mom. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying there's, there's, I get what you're, I get what you're, you're stepping in and putting down there. Yeah. Right. 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 But yeah, yeah no, I, you know, I, a lot of, a lot of the anger and stuff that I had, it, it definitely absolutely went into my artwork and, uh, um, you know, it, it, my beginning, Artwork was pretty dark and everything. I remember uh, when I was a kid, though, you, you know who Frank Frazetta is. I know a lot of people should know who Frank Frazetta is. Sure. Uh, he painted all the Molly Hatchet album yep. covers. And yep. 
Tarzan and, you know, all those types of things. And uh, uh, like I told his daughter one time, uh, Holly, Holly Frazetta, I said, you know, I said, did you realize that your dad was such a big deal when you were a kid, you know? And she's like, well, no, it was just my dad, you know? And I told her, I said, well, I said, you know, I, I said, all of us people loved him so much because his artwork was all over all of our favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know? Yep. So that that's why we loved him so much. But anyway, I that's when a I was legacy a kid, right there, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. But when I was a kid, I was even when I was eleven or twelve years old, I would have people come to me and say, Hey Dan, can you paint this album cover? And of course it'd be a Frank Rosetta Molly Hatchet album cover. And I must have repainted the the Viking. I don't know how many freaking times for how many freaking people. <laughs> when I was eleven or twelve years old, man. So you know, I'm I'm like scalping Frank's artwork <laughs> back then. You know, I didn't know any better. You know, I didn't know it was wrong. But uh, you know, and people were were paying me like you know kid stuff. You know, like candy bars and skateboards and shit. You know? Right, right. <laughs> Right. And, you know, and, you know, Dan, there, there were people doing that in the seventies. If everybody and parts of the, I, I don't want to say eighties, mainly the seventies, you know, when everybody was doing all those vans Yeah, and they were same thing. I saw his work all over vans everywhere. Well, that's you right. What it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. When it was, that was right in the seventies. I yeah. was, I was painting the covers right along beside him basically. Yeah. Crazy know? stuff. Isn't yeah. that funny? The things we remember. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, now you've left the army and, you know, you've, you've gone out in, in the world to do other things. I mean, how has your, how has your artwork progressed? I mean, for you, I mean, do you have surviving pieces from, you know, teen years to army years to now? And, and then where did it go from there as far as progressing in your style and what you really wanted to do? I do have some things that, that are still around in archives and things like that. But uh, honestly, I got to tell you that most of my things back then sold and they're, they're, they're probably on people's walls in their basements or, you know, maybe they're throwing darts at them or something like that. But, <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of my paintings, the, even the really dark stuff, I was painting uh, really dark Salvador Dali type stuff oh, wow. uh, back then. Yeah. And uh, I was very surrealist. And, uh, of course, you know, I was painting my uh, uh, familial, uh, you know, ideologies that were pumped into me and beat into me as a child. Yep. Um, so I was painting that, you know. And uh, I think that a lot of people connected with what I was painting. And like you said a minute ago, you know, you were connecting with what I was putting down. And I think that people were connecting with that back then, even though it was so dark. And, uh, and I, you know, my paintings were sell selling in galleries pretty well at the time, you know. And, um, and would it be fair to say, you know, because we, we talked about this part before, uh, as Dan has told you, and I've alluded to the audience here that we've been friends, you know, for quite a while. And uh, is it fair to, to say, you know, that um, you're a creator? You know, we've talked about people being artists who emulate other artists and, and they turn into, I think... Uh, copies of some of the well-known artists or they you know they pick up where these artists left off let's say they retire they work for a comic or a very well-known like heavy metal magazine artwork mm -hmm. type of stuff um but you know people like you uh you're a creator i think people who have been through life experiences not that not all artists do because i i'm, I'm not trying to get hate mail here it's just that I feel people like you and other people who've gone through similar 
uh, things in their lives uh, as you have, you create more. You know, you're not out there copying somebody else's style. You create your own and you 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 make these things your your own. Does that does that make sense in my long winded question? Yeah, that makes absolute sense because again, it comes down to trying to uh, control our own world. You know, right? And right. and and that's why we come up with our own styles, and that's why that's why we do become creators because we are creating our own universe that uh, that we can control. You know, and when we're in our studio, like you know, you see me in my studio right now, you know, and you see I'm surrounded by you know. Uh, artwork that I have uh, uh, on my walls, or I have you know drawings on my drawing board behind me, and and uh, my desk, and and my swords on the you know you, you see I'm surrounded by things that mean things to me, I, and and we all do that to a point, but um, you know with me it's it's still about controlling my surroundings, you, you know, right. and uh, okay. you control your world, and you you create the characters you want to create, you create. Yeah. The type of characters you want to interact with um you create the types of worlds that you would like to live in you know uh as an artist and as a creator you know what that's the thing i've always said uh when people say i'm an artist that, that that's great that's that's a great title that uh that i'm proud to have but you hit the nail on the head uh right there a minute ago uh even beyond that i do think of myself as a creator and i I, I usually, when uh, I start to do a profile on, on a, I don't know if it's Reddit or, you know, wherever it is on Facebook or whatever, usually the word, uh, the first word to describe me is, is creator, you know? So I'm constantly yeah. doing things. I'm constantly making things. You know that. You see all the artwork that I do. You see the uh, comic books that I, you know, the comic book work that I do and the paintings that I do, you know? Um, it's right. all... It all has its own style. I, I don't have like one set style. I have many different varied styles, you know, and uh, I think that that's what what appeals to people too. I, you know, I I love, you know, there there are artists that do have certain styles, and you can look at a painting and tell exactly what artist did that painting, and that's great. That's wonderful, right? And uh, that makes you know that makes a lot of money for that artist. That's that's fine. The the unfortunate thing to me. It is that I feel that a lot of times those artists kind of they settle because you know now they've found a style that appeals to people, so they keep going back and keep doing that same style over and over and over again, and then thirty years uh, later they're still doing the same style. You know, their 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 subject matter is pretty much the same. The the uh, figures that they're painting are pretty much looking pretty much the same. They're using the same lighting techniques. They're using the same, uh, you know, materials, what have you, you know. So it's it, they pretty much stagnated as far as I'm concerned, you know. No, and, I understand uh, that. I understand. I understand what you're saying completely. You know, yeah. where's the growth? Where's the yeah. you know the growth uh, curve there? Um, yeah. But you know, and like I said, it's fine for somebody like let's say the late Chuck Schultz, you know, because if you're doing a peanuts comic you know and you 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 obviously that's a style that you you need to stick with because that's your bread and butter and everybody expects that product to be that thing you know and i'm trying to divide up you know that world of what you're talking about but as i said i i've noticed others who i've followed in comic book art i I know i keep mentioning that because there are some great artists out there doing you know some great work but as i said 
once in a while you see them doing the same thing yeah. and the same thing. And I'm like, you know, I, I can spot their work, but at the same time, I'm looking for some different things, you know, that yeah. would let me know, like you said, that they're growing within the world around them. You know, you know what I mean? I, I guess I know what you mean. I just hope that I'm making sense to people listening right now as to where I'm trying to go with that. You know, it, it's just like a baseball player. You know, that if he plays a certain way when he first starts out and then you see him progress and he grows and changes and becomes, I don't, I don't want to use the word better, but, you know, it becomes a different ball player uh, in the middle. And by the time it's to the end of it, that's kind of the same thing for me. You know, you think you would see more artists experimenting with different things and trying different, uh, I guess, formats, you know, uh, to, to change it up. But not, not that if they don't, that they're not great artists. I'm just saying. No, you know, but you're absolutely right. And the thing is, is, you know, if you stop and think, if anybody stops and thinks about it, if you go and look at some of the old masters, and the old masters, uh, you can see the progressions of their growth mm -hmm. over the years of right. their career. You can see it in their paintings. Yep. If yep. you line their paintings up in a row from where they started to where they ended, you can see the progression of how they you know, change up uh, their their style, how they're viewing things differently, how their technique is even different. You can see the change. <laughs> you can see a huge change, like with Picasso. Oh, Picasso, yeah. his drawings were were very detailed, very well done drawings. You know, and then he wound up doing Picasso. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in a very which, surreal, abstract mix. Yeah, it's which, it's yeah. strange. Yeah, it's real yeah. strange. Yeah. So you know, I mean, people people do change, and right. and it's it it's okay to change, and it's great to change, and that I love to do the different things because if I were stuck doing the same thing all the time, I'd get bored. You know, I would get I know. bored. I know. You I, know. I hear you there. So um, yeah. we're going to take our first break, everybody. I want you to stay with us. We got Dan Monroe here uh, with us on the show uh, around the mitten. Uh, it is brought to you by a few sponsors uh, of this network and our program. Of course, Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com, 1895 bed and breakfast right here in downtown Kalamazoo. Um, also are our friends in South Haven. If you ever get to South Haven, Michigan, which is virtually folks on the lakeshore, book your next day at historic hotel Nichols. Uh, you will not be let down. It is a beautiful boutique, uh, bed and breakfast style hotel. And of course you've had the rest. Now drink the best gun barrel coffee, gun barrel coffee, uh, go to gunbarrelcoffee.com. Great folks out of Batavia, Illinois. Uh, good coffee for a good cause. Uh, proceeds of their sales of all other items in their great store go to help out our veterans. All right, we're going to be back for more uh, on Around the Mitten right after this. Listening to Buckle Wins. Do, 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 looking out my back. 
of suicide may feel impossible to overcome but with help and support you can find hope and meaning call the national suicide prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK to speak to a counselor or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org it's free it's confidential it's available 24 hours a day seven days a week and even if it feels like it you're not alone
does more than catch errors. With Grammarly, you can find really good, no, perfect words that make your writing sharp or explicit or excellent or distinctive. As a matter of fact, for what it's worth, Grammarly can, yeah, that's long. We can get rid of that and this, good, and this, or how about this? Grammarly helps you be concise. If your tone might make someone feel like this, Grammarly can remind you. It would help if you soften your tone. 
And if you need the support, Grammarly encourages you to write confidently. Because the better we all communicate, the better we connect. Grammarly, helping you connect. Go to Grammarly.com and download today. And we're back. Thanks for being here on Around the Mitten. Uh, you can hear this uh, program exclusively, and I do mean exclusively, on unrestrictedradio.com. We're here at Sunday nights, okay, Sunday nights at uh, 9.30 p.m. Uh, sorry for the late time. We'll try to move that around for you, but Eastern Standard Time on unrestrictedradio.com. You can also go to unrestrictedparanormal.com. That is our network. We've rebranded. Uh, and as I said, type out unrest and then put in RXTD, a little, little different there, uh, paranormal.com. And uh, you can go to our player and you can find this show along with others. Uh, Dan, we left off talking about, you know, a lot of different things in the art world. Let's move ahead a little forward. You've done some, uh, some work with some famous individuals, and, and I love the name drop portion that I'm going to have on the show whenever we get the chance. Um, this, you know, your artwork progressed. You're out here. I mean, let's, let's be honest. You're out here beating the pavement. You're out here, you know, selling. You're, you're going to these shows. You're doing this thing. You're working for so many different, you know, people and doing all these projects. And I've seen some folks. I, I, we're going to have Dan's information at the end of the program, but I have seen some fantastic work from this, this man. Um, I still uh, love his, uh, you know, the Korean War thing that you worked on, but, um, and other stuff that you've done too. So this moves along and you end up doing some books with some famous folks. Tell us about that. <laughs> it's, it's always funny because, you know, it, the thing is, is I've been working in obscurity for so many years, as you say, you know what I mean? And, and you're painting. Well, I didn't want to say that, but you did, you know, I, cause that, no, I, but... that can come off as a, as a really bad kind of a backsided <laughs> compliment, you know? No, but it's, <laughs> It's so true, you know, because here's the thing, back in the old days, and when I'm talking about old days, I'm talking about like 1980s, 1990s now, which, you know, now is the old days. It is I the suppose. old days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, the thing is, back then, if you wanted to do work for a, uh, if you wanted to illustrate a book, or if you wanted to do a magazine ad, you know, you wanted to be a, a, an editorial artist, any kind of an artist like that, if you wanted to be on print, you would have to build your portfolio at home and then you would right. have to get somebody to photograph it because, you know, it, you right. rarely have the right cameras and, and lighting equipment yourself to do it. So you'd have to take, carry your stuff downtown to a photographer and pay them to do it. Yep. And then you would have to have everything printed up, uh, usually in a slide format because that's what the art galleries wanted. You know, because they sit in a dark room and they just put your stuff in a slide projector and project it on the wall and look at it there. So you would have to do that or, you know, and you would have to mail all these things to, you know, the companies and and to the publishers and everything just for them to either send you back a rejection letter, letter six months later or never answer you again. You know, what I mean, at all. Right. So, you know, that's what you had to do back then. Different so the Internet. Age, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it was very, very hard to get uh, jobs like that uh, as an artist unless you lived in the area, unless you lived in New York or San Francisco or something like that where you could 
physically carry your portfolio to the publisher yeah. and go in the office and actually show it to them in the office, which does not happen anymore now uh, because of the internet. But yep. the internet is a wonderful thing because almost as soon as the internet came live, it seems like uh, I was doing work for publishers because <laughs> I could get my artwork to them and get it yeah. in their hands. You know? Rather and, quickly, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could get it in front of their faces on their computer screens. So over the years, I worked with a myriad of publishers, you know, doing uh, usually doing uh, painted covers for their stories, editorials and things like that. Uh, I did a lot of science fiction paintings and and whatnot for uh, like Ed Bain's universe and things like that. So uh, wow. that's that's yeah, that's some old stuff. But uh, uh, over the years, I, I I came across a writer, a young writer who was uh, writing uh, children's books and everything. So I illustrated with uh, a couple of his books and worked with him for a while. And uh, then we got this job where we we worked for. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> of all people. The Rodman. And, uh, yeah, the worm. The worm himself, you know. Yep. And uh so he uh he wanted to write a children's book and uh he needed a they needed an illustrator, of course. Uh so I got that gig and I illustrated and designed that book and everything. And and uh yeah. So that that's that jump started me and and you know, as soon as I did that, of course. Because it was Dennis Rodman writing a children's book, uh, his name, of course, was in every paper in the world uh, talking about the children's book that he was writing, which, of course, meant that my name went right along with his because they would talk about the illustrator that was right. illustrating the book uh, that Dennis wrote. So, you know, uh, on TV all the time, a lot of interviews over that. It was it was a pretty. Yeah, it was it was it was big. Uh, so then, of course, that leads on to other things that lead on to uh, uh, doing a book with Erica Liniak, you know, who uh, was the first Baywatch babe uh, yep. be uh, before uh, Pamela Anderson, even, you know. So Erica was there. And then when she left, then Pamela came in and took over. Uh, but uh, uh, Erica Liniak, she is still she still does a lot of movies on Lifetime uh, channel and things like that. And, as a matter of fact, she's done, well, we'll get with that later up, baby, but she's done some work with me uh, since then, too. So, uh, and then I've worked with Sybil Danning. Uh, people, you know, guys our age will know her name, Sybil mm -hmm. Danning from that. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if you don't know who that is, look her up. Uh, you, you know, especially, you know, any gentlemen who are, you know, after their fairer sex, uh, you will definitely not be let down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she has she has full uh, she has full uh, websites uh, attributed to her uh, out there in the Ethernets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah, and so I worked. Did, through no, yeah, and then that, and I, I you given me uh, one of those cards uh, yeah. that you did, and you know I I still have it here in my studio. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the cool thing about, you know, Sybil, you know, you working with her too is, you know, people really connect with this, you know, the sci-fi horror genre. She's right there. Yeah. She's right there yeah. involved in it. So, oh, you know, yeah. cool. Very yeah, cool. Warrior, warrior chick, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, speaking of warriors, you know, I worked with Kevin Sorbo, you know? Yep. Uh, Hercules yep. himself, you know? So. You've met him. I've met him, folks. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. He's Very a great nice guy. guy. 
Yeah, he's a great guy. He's come on and done some things for my pirate show for me and stuff. It's he's, he's a great guy. Don't uh, secrets for getting in that part. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> just, just you know, yeah, just uh, you, you can edit that part out later. No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> we gotta give you gotta give you folks out here a little little bit of the sugar before we get to the cake. You know. Yeah, yeah. Give you a little taste of it, but um. And then uh, Wesley Ear is another guy that uh, him and I have actually become really good friends over the, over the years, uh, working with him and everything. So, um, of course, if you people may not know Wesley Ear, he uh, was one of the uh, creators of Dragon Tales. Mm -hmm. And, yep. uh, of course, he started out uh, on the days of our lives, soap <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, opera. and. Oh, yeah, and uh, he was in the original Land of the Lost back in like 1973 or 1974. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? I, I and I told Wesley about this even a few weeks ago. I said, you know, uh, it was always weird because when I would come home uh, from the army and visit my folks or whatever, because I, you know, they were my folks. I'd still visit them, right? Right. So when I would go home, my mom. This is before I knew I was adopted, of course, because, you know, they never told me. I, I, I found out, uh, you know, when I was 30, I found out somebody contacted me and let me know. But anyway, um, I would come home and mom would always say, yeah, you know, there's this guy on uh, the soap opera that looks a lot like you, uh, you know, Danny. And, and uh, you know, I, he could almost be your brother. And, and, and she, she, I think that sometimes she would almost slip and tell me because she would say, you know, I, I'm always looking, uh, on TV and stuff to see if I can see somebody that looks like your brother. And I'm like, I, I you know, I was always perplexed. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> right. Why, why are you doing that? You know? Yeah. Anyway, it's funny because she was talking about Wesley Ure back then, you know? And, and, and folks, uh, you don't know who that character is. That's Will. Okay. Yeah. That's Will from Land of the Lost. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, of course, you know, if, if, uh, it, you know, back then, uh, my young self at that time and his young self at that time, yeah, I, I could see a little bit of a resemblance there, maybe. A little bit know. of a Monroe going on there. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, you've done a, you've done a book with a, uh, prize fighter too, right? A couple of, several of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I did a, I did a book with, uh, uh, Jesse James Leha, who was yep. a, champion uh boxer uh world champion i did a book with uh hector camacho jr which, camacho uh, yeah yep, camacho okay. yep macho camacho is, was his dad and uh unfortunately he was murdered a few years ago and when we went to puerto rico and when we debuted that book uh, i spent the weekend with macho and uh you know he drove us around the island and everything and uh, he took us to the spot where his dad was murdered and everything it was pretty sad you know because yeah. he, he wrote the book i remember in, that that was terrible yeah yeah he wrote the book in honor of his dad so that's why it's called macho dad <laughs> Very so cool. you, yeah and you can find it on uh you know wherever your books are so <clears> old, so <clears throat> <laughs> um you've done some things man you've done some things i mean you yeah. know i i could only say wilder Deontay Wilder. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, that's yeah. that's yeah. I did that book for Deontay Wilder, and of course, uh, a lot of people that you know, he was the uh, heavyweight boxing champion of the world. And you know what? The funny thing is, is I was working on that book the night that he had his uh, title fight, and the night oh. he won the title fight. Cool. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 
So, and you did you cool. did another one too. Remind me, and uh, I know uh, I, it's complete, right? The one with the island and the turtles, and um, <laughs> that one was for the best friend of a uh, Hane Cotter. Hane Cotter, Kane Hot, hey, Kane Hotter, yeah. I was like, I've who's been, Kane? I've, I've been drinking. You know, I've been I'm, drinking all day. Must be. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes. That's funny. <laughs> yes. Yes. So everybody catch up real quick. Yeah. That's right. Every, every, yep. Okay, so Kane Hodder grew right. up with this guy uh on an island in the South Pacific, weirdly oddly enough. And uh so yeah, so this guy wrote a wrote a book, a children's book about some of his adventures there with a with a gecko and everything and uh um, so yeah, so they had me illustrate that, uh, for him. Um, Very gosh, cool. you know, I've, I've got, I think I've illustrated about 40 different children's books so far. So, um, I just finished another one for, a uh, uh, for a, um, uh, he, he is a pianist in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I think that he's, he's going to be, a he's going to make a pretty big name for himself honestly so uh, cool yeah and that book's called little eddie goes to the carnegie hall little eddie <clears throat> so yeah and his name Very i cool. think his name is his name is eddie uh thompson i believe um so yeah he's he's look for been him the, probably been in the gilmore uh festival Ab- yep yeah. absolutely yep, yep that's where he's uh he's pretty big right now in the gilmore Yep. Yeah, folks, look that up too. Gilmore Festival. You'll be, if you love, you know, pianists and and music. Uh, I used to listen to that almost faithfully every year. They would rebroadcast that on public radio here in town. Yeah, and uh, I still do once in a while. Uh, believe it or not, I I listen. But very cool. So you've you've worked with these people. You've done all these things. We got to move into the next stage. I know we're kind of jumping around here. Um, because we're limited on time, but I definitely wanted to get to, um, one of these newer, um, uh, creative, uh, outlets that you've got going on. And, uh, uh, my grandkids are enamored. So thanks a lot for that. Uh, you know, and, uh, anytime I'm with them, there's, there's three things that have to be played on YouTube. Okay. (laughs) So one is Ghostbusters. <laughs> the second one is uh, what is it? Prehistoric Ranch or something? It's a, a son father team that herd dinosaurs. Oh, nice! And the third one would be what we're getting to next <laughs> is a gentleman uh, who escaped from the interwebs, and uh, his name is Captain Wallace. So, Aye, that'd be right, mate. <laughs> right. So tell us, tell, tell us about the captain. You know, um, again. Michigan original. You're in a Michigan original. This is the Michigan original, and uh, that's why you're on around the mitten. And uh, I love everything that you're doing with your artwork and everything else. You know, support you 100. And I definitely this one's dear to my heart too, because like I said, you're you're doing something great, uh, not only for the adults but also the you know the children on the end of this uh, spectrum here. Right, you know, and, and the the thing with Captain Wallace is, you know, he is a pirate character, and and you know, I I created him. Oh gosh, it was about two thousand three uh, when I created this character, and uh, what I did, you know, I was watching the these shows on the internet, 
that's that's usually where the where the where it starts, right? <laughs> right. And 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 back in those days, still kind of an olden day for internet wise. Yeah, some of those were terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, I was I was there was the site called Live Video, Live Video. And if any of my uh, blog heads are out there listening, you know, more power to you, man. We had a lot of fun on that site. But um, I was watching videos on that site. People were making these videos in their living rooms and they were, you know, standing in front of green screens. And usually, you you know, uh, the green screen technology at the time. And, and, you know, a lot of them were great, but, you know, they were a lot of fun and everything. So I'm like, you know, that that looks like something I want to do. So for some reason, I created this Captain Wallace character. And the idea behind him is that, you know, I'm a big gamer. I'm an old gamer, you know. And uh, so, you know, I created him with the idea of doing Mortal Kombat videos. And that's how he started out. Um, I went down and got an old foam bad pirate hat (laughs) from a, you know, like an old costume and a old black wig and and a big red coat and uh the vest that i that i wore back then actually i still wear uh that's that that has actually uh lasted and stayed true all these years so see i didn't know that i think that's cool yeah so yep so that's his actual original vest and uh yeah anyway i started uh and then i went down and bought yards and yards of green the greenest material that i could find at like sofro fabrics or whatever (laughs) and and brought that home and tacked it to the wall and and uh you know got a little uh digital camera and started standing in front of it and started making videos and uh one day my wife came home well on the first day she came home she's like uh what are you doing you know because she walks in the in the (laughs) right (laughs) so wow the things that go on when i'm not here right yeah, right right you know, I, I, I i was like tony stark when pepper Potts, you know came in on him and, and he's like uh this isn't the worst thing you've caught me doing correct <laughs> <laughs> that is funny yeah so that's so that's how captain wallace got started and of course you know i did the videos and you can still find them on youtube you know the old uh captain wallace videos from years ago and, uh, you know, they're, they're fun. They're, you know, like kind of like in a grown up punch and Judy type of a situation, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, Captain Wallace had his, uh, punch who was, uh, uh, spooky Joe. And of course I, you know, I played both parts. <laughs> yep. So, you know, I was just having fun. Right. So, and they're fun. I've seen them. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They are fun. They are fun. So, you know, after a while, I, I, you know, I guess I grew tired of it. And I, you know, I packed him away, packed the old captain away for a while and stuff. And, you know, in the meantime, all these years, I illustrated these children's books and worked with these other people and things like that. And then, uh, and then one day you, (laughs) Dan, you came over and, uh, we were talking, uh, here in my studio. And, uh, for some reason I was talking about Captain Wallace and uh, I started showing you some of the videos and, uh, Yes, you were like, did. you know and what? I I never laughed so hard in in, in quite a few years <laughs> because this Christmas one he put together. I'm telling you, folks, 
you're, Dan's going to tell you where you can find all this stuff here at the end of the show, but it is still funny as hell to me. I, I, it is just, it's creative and it's, it's you, you know, it's creative and it's funny and it's you just having fun with the situation and the, the language that you inserted in with this, I I don't, I, 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 all I can do is give it accolades. I let you finish. I'm sorry. It's, it's still great. I still love it. Yeah, no, you know, it's a lot of fun. But, you know, when you came over and you're like, you know what? You need to bring this guy back to life, you, <laughs> you know? You did. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. I guess that was the excuse I was waiting for, so I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the wife didn't come home on uh, in on us uh, talking about it. So, again, <laughs> probably not the worst thing. So, I'm glad you did. You know, I it's, I mean, this is all you. It's your thing. Um if I had a little bit to do with the, the catalyzation, you know, cool, but it, it wasn't about that. I just, I, I speak very openly about this. I mean, this is all your thing, all your invention. You had it going on way before I came in the picture, but I just saw the magic in that and knowing you and seeing the magic in you. And I mean that very, you know, wholeheartedly as your friend. Um, it, it was a win-win, man. I thought you, you got to do something with this. I don't care if it's just a weekend thing or what, you know, once a year. Um, and you have just, wow, blown me away, my friend. And, um, again, you don't need my approval. You know that, you know, that, uh, what I'm telling everybody here is that go over and give it a watch and, uh, I'm going to continue to let you tell the story cause I'll butcher it. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'll just say this, you create everything that goes on with this show. And I am flabbergasted and amazed. I shouldn't been, I'm not surprised by any, by any reason, uh, because I, you know, I know you, but man, I'm in love with the character. And I think a lot of people are too. I mean, you know, and I think, you know, he's an appealing character, I think, because he's kind of that cantankerous old pirate, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, who doesn't love, love a cantankerous old pirate? But he uh, he also has that soft spot to him. And you, can, I think that even the way I play him, I think that you can tell that he's, you know, got his rough edges. He's rough here and there. But, you know, he's still got a heart of gold, right. you know. Right. It's the approachable pirate. Yeah. Ab- <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and you know, of course, you know, I can't hardly talk about Cat Wallace without doing the old Cat Wallace voice, eh? You do it. You do your thing, man. <laughs> I got to get right into it, eh? But, you know, the thing is, is even when I'm doing his voice or whatever, just a huge smile comes onto my face. And, and you know, that that's part of the character. The character is always smiling. He's always laughing, you know, and, and, and he's just a lot of fun. And I tried to, you know, as I said, he started out as a kind of a more serious moral combat type of a thing where, you know, we were going to do these fight videos and, you know, just kind of be, you know, a little bloody and little, you know, video game uh, spoofing. And that's how it started out. But, you know, and that's how I was going to do it this time around as well. That's why I began with Evil Dragon Fire Theater. Because one big thing I love is I love to hear the captain say, Evil Dragon Fire Theater, you know? (laughs) I just love saying that word in his voice. And uh, so Evil Dragon Fire Theater was uh, like, his hub it was his home it was where right you know he right. was having his adventures but then i you know i don't know what happened he he kind of started taking on a a life of his own in a way and i started when we started doing the kids show uh at 
uh, public media network in, in Kalamazoo. And uh, the first time when we had the kids on the stage with us and, and when the kids were interacting with, you know, my pirate character and we have, you know, the Spooky Joe character, uh, which is played by Devin Harris. And then we have uh, Andrina the Mermaid, which is played by uh, Mariah Hendricks. Uh, and the kids were, were involved with interacting with all of us in this big green room because there's nothing in there. You know, if anybody knows how a green screening works, uh, the studio is empty. It's just green. <laughs> it's just a green it's a, room. It's a big green so, box. Yeah. yeah, it is. So we have to tell the kids, you know, come in. This is what's going to be happening. Use your imagination. Let's point over here. Let's look over there. Let's wave our swords in this direction. Let's do what we do. And the kids just were wonderful. They used great imagination and uh, they got involved. And, you know, their interaction with all of the characters with Captain Wallace and Andrina and Spooky Joe is just wonderful. So when I was putting the, the first show together and when I was watching all this come together, and of course, like, as you said, everything in the show is original. Um, I do all the animations. I do, I do all of the uh, post uh, work. I do. I get all of the sounding. I get even our song, the Captain Wallace uh, song at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show. Um, I had a, uh, a band in uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, recorded that for me <laughs> so you know everything everything That's in the amazing. show is totally original um so as i was watching kids interact with that i i started thinking to myself you know we we can do even more and, and you know how i am danny I, I i i sometimes i think too much i think and i i always think that i can do more i can make more i can make it better i can do something else that's and, the artist, uh, in you, you know, that's, that's, that's a given, you know, that's yeah. really a given. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to, to make a long story short over the past couple of years, really, uh, we've taken Captain Wallace, uh, from just being a, a, I hate to say just being, but from being a kid's character, well, actually from being a very serious blood and guts type character to turning him into a kid's type character that right. kids can relate to. Uh, that that can have adventures with him and stimulate their imagination while they're having adventures with, you know, the captain and his crew. And what I did is I actually built a nonprofit organization around uh, the Captain Wallace persona. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yep. And and now uh, since May of this year, we're an actual five hundred one c three public charity. Uh, uh, with the IRS. So it's called uh, Captain Wallace Artsy Adventures Incorporated. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. And I have a coin. You uh, do. The coin campaign. And I've got that upstairs in my my um, little cigar box that has like my watches and all my near and dear little things. I um, When I'm out and about, I don't know if I've ever told you this. So I am now confessing this on the show, folks. So when I'm out and about, I carry that in my pocket. It's my good luck piece. So when I've been out doing these paranormal events and I was in Detroit and Lansing, that was in my pocket, just so you know. Nice. So it, it meant something to me, you know, and uh, it still does. And um, it's a great show. So I want everybody to take a listen because I'm, I'm hopefully I can get this to play. Um, I'm going to try to go past the commercial, but uh, we're going to we're going to see if we can hear the theme.
and there's a little I, tidbit. So yep. I don't want to give it all away. You know, we, we <laughs> want people to go over there and watch it for themselves. Um, I will tell you that um, you go under on well, go to YouTube, everybody. Then you put in Captain Wallace, and you will see the captain there. And subscribe, hit the bell, do the thing. So they, as they say on YouTube, um, right. and you will post. You got tons of content, and you'll post new episodes as they go. Right. I mean, it's been a joy to have you on the first episode, and um, I want to have you back for a part two, uh, where we will uh, talk about some other things um, because. Um, Dan is also a, a member of the Southern Michigan Paranormals. He does some paranormal ghost hunting with me alongside with some other things that uh, we're going to be, be doing here in the new, very near future. Um, I got a, Dan knows, you know, I got a busy schedule. This man has a very busy schedule and we, sometimes we, we clash cause we're trying to put things together or do things. And he's reminding me, Hey, check this, your email or do this. And then, you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, tell everybody where they can find all of your stuff. You know, well, all of my stuff, man, that's that's a big tall order. Right but, here in my uh, pants. Uh, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you know I wasn't going to go there. I, I right. thought I'd let you go there. <laughs> right, wow. <laughs> but, uh, but you can start out by going to CaptainWallace.org. And Captain Wallace is all one word uh, for this uh, address. So it's CaptainWallace.org. Org, and that's where um, you can find the hub for our nonprofit organization, and uh, you can see our, uh, you know, everything we're doing there, our mission statement, and see that we're on the up and up, and everything, and everything's, uh, you know, verified and and everything else. Uh, and you know what? If you feel like throwing a few spare coins in our direction, there's uh, places on there you can donate as well. Uh, because there's a lot of things we want to do. We want to do things like sponsor a family for Christmas this year, uh, where we would like to uh, uh, donate, uh, yeah, donate a, a uh, uh, Christmas meal uh, to the family and some gifts for the children, even a gift for mom and dad, or or just mom if there's just a mom, or just dad if there's just a dad, and uh, and give them a few extra uh, groceries to get them through the holiday season. So. Uh, and you know it takes money to do that. So in order for us to do that, we need help. So uh, we're now, selling T-shirts and everything else to uh, do some fundraising. Uh, I was to raise just going to ask you that. that. Sorry, that's why I uh, gave you the thumbs up. I was like, "Are you still doing the shirt thing?" Because I ordered one, so I'm still yep. waiting on the shirt. Yep. 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 We're doing the shirts. Uh, the thing with the shirts, we have to sell twenty of them, otherwise they will not even print. So uh, you know, so go out there and buy shirts. Uh, so that everybody can get their shirts. Now, what happens if 20 of them are not sold? You'll just get your money back. They'll just give you back your money because they won't print them, see? Um, but if we can sell all 50 shirts, then we will make uh, enough money to sponsor a family. So that's that's kind of the So, the deal yes, there. please, people, hear that, get involved. Um, I will ask you to uh, make sure you send me that information again. I've shared a few, you know, I've shared that shirt campaign on my site. Um, I'd also like to hook it up on the network and other things. Right. So you'll send okay. it over to me. Um, tell everybody again where they can go to get the shirt and donate to the cause. Uh, well, like, I, well, you know, you can find us on Facebook as well. You'd be looking for captainwallace.org there. Okay. Uh, look for CaptainWallace.org, uh, our website, uh, the shirt. You can find it on the website or on the uh, on the Facebook, uh, you know, page as well. 
So, yeah. And and folks, please please support the the five hundred one that uh, Dan's got going here with that organization too. I've also uh, donated to that. It's a good cause, you know. He's out here trying to make it a better world and and change the world as as we see it around us. Um, you know, it's all for the kids, really. It's all for the kids. Right. The big right. thing is that we're trying to create safe environments for children. Right. And, uh, you know, in this world right now, the world we live in with all the, uh, you know, crap that's going on, you know, we really need those safe spots for our children. And I'm yes, not sir. talking about the type of safe spots where kids lay down in a fetal position and cry. I'm talking about, you know, safe. <laughs> right. I'm talking about a safe spot where they can come in and learn things, learn, uh, you know, uh, real things uh you know that we've learned as kids and stimulate their imagination and draw and uh hone their skills in, in a drawing you know as well so right right and that's a beautiful message thank you for for doing that you know you know i you know i support and uh um love that you're doing that that goes again it goes without saying but i'm gonna say it you're doing a, a lot of great things so we're at the end of the show, everybody. This is Around the Mitten. Uh, Dan Monroe has been our guest on episode one. Uh, I'm going to ask this kind gentleman to do some voiceover work and some different things and vice versa in his direction. I know uh, we've talked and talked for years about me doing something with you, showing up as a Ghostbuster or something. Um, but if you will, uh, send us out on an ending note as the captain, and uh, we'll go from there. And everybody, thanks for joining us. Well, ahoy, mates, and thank you very much for listening to me now. And you make sure when you're out there and when you're in your ship and you're out there on the ocean, always be heading into an adventure. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time on Around the Mitten and Dan Monroe. And Captain, thank you both. And we will see all of you next time. See you on the flip side. Mate.